Hi, I'm Billy Blanks, and I play Justin in the movie Expect No Mercy. I'm Jalal Murray, I play Eric, and I'm also the producer. Uh, we started this film at the time Billy was doing another project, so I couldn't have him. And uh, we developed, then I got a distributor that had uh, another star. And they were promoting that specific star. I got to know the star, he was pretty good. Uh, we did sign him up, but I think they were having him go from one project to another. And by the time he made it to set, he made it with an injury that he sustained on the other set. Uh, he couldn't do what we wanted to do. Also, he did not want to share the screen with anybody else. He told them, I only do it by myself. I want to be the only star in the film. He said, well, the script is like this. It's a buddy film. Uh, we agreed to just release him from the contract. And at the time, I already had called Billy before. Mm -hmm. And I said, Billy, before I knew I wanted Billy for this from day one. Uh, I called him, I said, so you're done the other, whatever you are doing? He said, yes. I said, okay, wait next two days. I might need you for this. He said, I'm open. His wife gave me one condition. She said, don't pay me the money in pieces like usually you pay me first day of shoot, deposit, first day of shoot, middle of the film, end of the film. I want it all in one chunk. I want to buy a house. <laughs> I said, I'll do that in one chunk. That's how it will be. But I'll get back to you. Within 24 hours, I think, I called him. I said, it's yours. Yeah. We're done. That's it. And we moved. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> hey, will you wait a minute? We're understaffed and accidents are happening. We're still trying to find a replacement for Jordan. Well, if she hadn't quit, we wouldn't have this problem. To me, it was continuation of what we were doing already. The other star was a nice guy and a wonderful and great up and coming. But I had no history with the man yet uh, at the time. But with Billy, I, I, I wanted to continue. It, it, that film almost could have been Talents of the Eagle too, initially. Uh, but it changed more when it became more virtual reality, martial art. So we figured let's start a different title and set it up differently. It could become its own thing. Uh, and we were creating also a video game based on that same movie. Actually, initially, the video game made more money than the movie. So uh, we did well with that. But uh, yeah, it, it was a technology was coming up. Uh, virtual reality was a new thing. There was no real virtual reality yet out there, but there were the ideas of virtual reality. The thought is what we imagine virtual rea reality would be. And funny enough, the technology we use, the way you look at it virtually today, that's actually happening. Mm -hmm. uh, yet, you know, as I said before, it took forever to digitize that stuff. But uh, I think we did a pretty good job with the budget we had. At that time, I was uh, working on Taibo. I had been uh, traveling around the country, around the world. Taibo had came out and became a pretty popular exercise. Uh, and so I was teaching a lot more karate classes 
at that time too. And I think I was working on a movie. Uh, I was working on a movie called Balance of Power, and uh, I couldn't do anything until I until I finished. And so when he called me to do something in movie, I was like, oh, this is awesome, right? This. And at that time too, uh, I was gonna build my first house and uh, buy my first house, and, and it was it would be a blessing, you know, when he when he did give us the money up front, you know, it it it, it was a blessing for me to go out and buy my house, and uh, everything else just started afterwards. And you remember in the party you did the opening at the time, Shaq yeah. was there, yeah, <laughs> and uh, also uh, Lee uh, Simmons was there from Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons was there, his wife. Uh, I mean, there were all these huge tall people. I didn't know how tall Gene Simmons actually till I met him. He's a mm. big guy too. And my gift to him when I went to, for the to the party was a king's chair. Right, a huge chair. It was it was awesome. It, it was it was a chair that Shaq could sit down and look make it look little. That's how. But it was huge, right? It was huge. Shaq is a big guy, but uh, yeah, even Shaq when he sat in that chair, he was yeah. little, he was still little. Yeah, it wasn't that's, big enough that, for him. That's how big it was. It was bigger than him. Right, <laughs> he wasn't big enough for him. <laughs> But uh, it was awesome. It was a housewarming party, and it was truly a blessing because uh, uh, when he came, uh, it just made me want to go to the movie and do even more in the movie, you know, because he gave me an opportunity to do something great and get a house. Who would ever expect for that to happen? Environment where students can consequently alter those situations. Well, into the belly of the beast. Well, the script, I liked it because it was a special force guy. He was, you know, they was getting ready to go on a mission with a, with a partner. You know, we get ready to go on this, go undercover and get into this uh, virtual reality camp where this guy was playing as like a god, right? All these people were worshiping him. And so it was really awesome to be able to do, do a movie. Like the first time doing a virtual movie, actually like a video, you know, we did video martial art fight scenes. You know, just to be able to get to get to the bad guy, so it, it was awesome. It was a great script. Again, he always comes up with a great script. It had never been a script where I was. I don't like the script, right? It's always been something that wow, this is awesome. I like this. I like that. I like this, and I like that. So, what was great with Billy? He knew how to fight by himself because when we were doing the virtual reality, he had to pretend there is a, a fighter against him. So a lot of the fights. He was just doing it himself and then getting hit, reacting, falling to the ground, coming back, energy. So we had to imagine we had a partner because then we had to create that partner digitally and we had to play it in different instances. It was quite complicated the way it was for the time, but uh, I think we did a great job at it. This place is shooting blue, blue screen at that blue time, screen. right? Yeah. That was like a long, long time ago yeah. before all that even came out. It was blue out. screen, not green screen right, at the time. Right? Yeah, because for film, yeah. For the Wow, we had to be in the scene. I was done, you know, and that was from like all the karate we, we, we used to do. Like, you know, you guys do the drunken monkey and y'all be moving your body like like that kind of stuff. So it was kind of, kind of easy for both of us to really get into the the standalone visual fight by itself. I think it was easy for us to pick that up. That virtual reality stuff is crap. Let me show you the real thing. I mean, definitely what we wanted to do is add a new element, add a new excitement, bring something more to the audience. As I said, I always like to take it a notch further if I could. And 
thanks for the budget. At the time, I had a company that were doing our own international sales uh, after we you know, split with the uh, original distributor. So I had my own company doing it and I brought a salesperson. So I did the pre-sales based on the idea of the Expect No Mercy. Uh, then a company in Canada came and bought these, the international company, they were going public. Uh, at the time it was Alliance Canada, they were going public. So they bought uh, the rights to distribute uh, and uh, they gave us money up front to do the movie based on sales that we did already. So um, we had the money to do it. And for me, uh, I was like a kid in a candy store. For the first time, I have a real budget to do something out of the box. And we did something that uh, we got great reaction to it. And recently we screened it and it still plays well and still holds its own. Like the film does hold up. Fight! What for? It's what I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, developing of the project took a while, but uh, I had free range working with it. And uh, we had good support, we had the money. Uh, to me, it was just finding the locations that looked realistic for the futuristic look. It did not look yesterday. And we were lucky with finding some of those locations in Toronto and uh, minimalistic type of locations, a lot of I don't know why we thought of the future being very cement-based. So we had those buildings, but we did a great job. And uh, I mean, in the end, we blew up half of the University of Toronto of Scarborough. And people <laughs> who know that know that. Uh, we had great action scenes. And um, again, Billy did some, a lot of action driving too. And in one of them, he, uh, <laughs> he yeah, uh, <laughs> smashed over seven, eight cars and he drove a four-wheel drive, a big monster truck over a bunch of cars. Too it bad was the like, camera guy never <laughs> panned into them. It was like real, it was like, uh, man, when uh, Jalal said, Billy, you, you sure you can do this? I said, yeah, man, it's not going to be a problem, right? It's gonna be, so it was three of us. We all getting, they all rushed from, we rushing from this scene. I'm getting in, I, I'm in the truck already and him and Lurie gets ready to come in and get inside the truck and we give, and I, I got to take off and say, now I want you to go right through that gate, right? And at the same time I was going through this gate, they had all these fire, uh, uh, fire objects on on the gate to to make the gate explode. So all this stuff was going into the truck, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I'm I'm driving this. Okay, make sure you be careful, right? So I go driving, driving, and driving. All of a sudden, I hit the gate. Boom! At the same time, I hit the gate. Uh, I don't know. The explosions happened. Yeah, happen, yeah right? explosions happened. Yeah, but I think you got blinded. For right. And then, <laughs> and then Lori. Lori, uh, hit, hit the gas pedal, right? I and think she pushed your foot because <laughs> she held on to the dash too, possibly. And outside of the gate, to the right, there was a regular parking lot with students of university parked there or teachers. Instead of going this way, the truck went over those cars. <laughs> went over all these cars, man. And I saw it slow motion. You know when they say when something that uh, you're not supposed to be doing, all of a sudden it turns slow motion? It looked like the whole scene went boom, 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 boom. And Jalal was sitting on the other side. He was going, oh, boy. I knew I had to pay for them. It's like, it was like, oh, it was an action scene, but they didn't even get any of that. No, because the camera did not pan. Camera people sometimes, 
in film, you know, it's different than video. Video, you pan, you follow the news, you follow something. With film, you, you set it up for that specific scene. So they were waiting for us to go this way. <laughs> we went that way. <laughs> so that was a, something I'll always remember. And I can always talk about, man. It's it was fun. Like... Yeah, so... We have Wolf Larsen. We have Laurie Holden. He played Tarzan. Wolf Larsen played Tarzan. Yeah. And he was awesome. And Laurie Holden, uh, after that movie, she did a movie uh, where Spielberg uh, directed and produced. And she was a lead, uh, one of the top two leads. Who was her co-star? Uh, then she also did The Walking Dead. Oh, she's series. doing Walking Dead right yeah. now. She's doing, I mean, she became somebody important. Big, big. Yeah. Huge. We also had Brett Hensley. Brett Hensley was in The uh, Godfather, a great character in there. Uh, we had uh, Michael Blanks, Michael, uh, Billy's brother. Yeah. One of the best fights in the movie is them in the boiler room. It was amazing. It was literally like Billy, a lot of the audience didn't know he had a brother. They thought Billy was fighting himself. It was a great scene. My brother was a pretty good athlete, basketball player. He played basketball, could jump really high. He, could, he had a vertical leap of 55 inches, and uh, he could touch the top of the bank board, right? But so when we got ready to do the fight scene, it was pretty easy to do because of, uh, he's in good shape. But the hardest thing for him to do was to do it in, in a fight scene that was uh, the last, last, and last, and last, and last. Because uh, Jalal made up a big fight scene. This fight scene was supposed to be the grand finale. You know, all these fight scenes have a purpose, right? And my brother kept saying, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And it got to a point where we were in a basement, and it was hot. It was, it was so hot down in the basement, you could take an ice cube and put it on top of your head, it would melt, right? That's how hot it was down there. And I don't think my brother knew that the fight was going to be so extensive. And then when we got, got ready, he did, he did, he, my brother's like this athlete that likes to show off, right? And then he, uh, he jumped up and he grabbed his bar and pulled himself up. So Jalal said, oh, can you do that? Can you, okay, okay, let's do that in the movie. And so, you remember that? Yeah. And then uh, he, when, when Jalal says, action, my brother tried to jump up and grab it and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it actually in the film. He had a hard time doing it's it. It's the exhaustion. See, the thing is, this is what happens to a lot of people. They don't pace themselves. And they do, do, do. And then when it comes to me, I always tell them, save the energy till the camera is rolling. Guys, don't get excited. Don't move around. <laughs> if it's not, if the camera is not rolling, you're doing nothing. Everything, half and, speed. And, till you... and, and, and he's right, because he, most guys want to, oh, I want to show you I can do it before. And then by the time he says, okay, action, they're already tired. They can't do it, you know, because you got to do it over and over. If you have to do it over and over, you have to be ready for that. So I'm always, like, I pace myself when I'm doing stuff. And then toward the end of the fight, I'm even stronger, right? Because I'm learning how to, I learned how to get through a fight and have a buildup while I'm going through the fight. You know, all of it just can't be one impact all the way through the fight. So I think that's what my brother had a hard time with. But at the end, the fight was like an awesome fight. It was one big, big ending on that fight. It was awesome. Good kick. Well, I think the technical part of the film is super, but the martial arts fighting, 
is great, and I think people are going to like that. All the martial arts, martial arts, top notch. You can't change that. You can't improve on it. It is where it is. Digital, yes, you could have improved, but hey, that was the technology we had at hand. We did the best we could do at the time with the budget we had. I mean, don't forget, we didn't have multi, multi-million dollar budget. We did that film under three million and just north of two. So you think of, look at that film and tell me how much it's going to cost to make today. I'm really proud of it. I'm proud of all the people I brought in. I don't regret a bit of it. Everyone delivered immensely. And to me, it's peace of my life. Hello, I'm Anthony DeLongis, and I play Damien in Expect No Mercy. I'm the right-hand man. Well, Expect No Mercy was about 1995, which is going back a couple years. Uh, <laughs> I have lots of great memories, both before, during, and after. But uh, I started in theater at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego in 1973. Uh, that's where I start counting my career, which is 48 years and counting now, because that's when they started paying me. Uh, I'm very glad I had the theater background, because um, I do a lot of voiceover these days. You know, and I have the instrument to be able to do anything from regular copy or character voices to shooter games, which most of, well, it's basically expect no mercy except it's in a game. And, uh, you know, it, it calls for a lot of volume, so that helps a lot. Uh, I'd been off to do um, Circle of Iron, which was my, uh, it was my first action picture. It was my first location. I was in Israel with David Carradine. And then uh, a year later, I did Jaguar Lives with Joe Lewis and I played the lead bad guy in that. It had a terrific cast. Uh, oh, everything from uh, John Houseman to Woody Strode, Barbara Bach, uh, Joe Weissman. You know, of course, it was uh, Joe Lewis's debut. And um, yeah, oh, oh, Donald Pleasance. Anyway, a lot of fun, and we were in Spain. It was my first time in Spain. Uh, our ranch is named after the, um, uh, it's the symbol of Almeria, which is the southernmost uh, province of Spain. Uh, the Indalo is a cave painting, a genie holding a rainbow. So it's good luck and uh, good weather. <laughs> we do pretty well up here, uh, as you can see. Well, my first martial art was European fencing. And uh, the first great teacher that I had, uh, his name, 
is uh, Maestro Ralph Faulkner. He's a two-time Olympian and he was Swordmaster of the Stars back in the days. He did the original Prisoner of Zenda and, of course, and many, many more. Um, everybody knows the court jester, the vessel with the pestle and the pellet with the poison. Uh, and he was uh, extraordinarily generous with his knowledge. Uh, then I went to Taekwondo and I got to a red belt level, but I went, uh, you know, I feel like uh, I need some more rounding. And I discovered Gurudan Inosanto, who I trained with for over a dozen years. Uh, Maestro Faulkner was a dozen years, and then Taekwondo was about four or five years. And then, um, you know, um, Maestro Inosanto was a dozen years. And now I'm uh, about a dozen years into Shinkendo, which is Japanese uh, sword work um, under Kaiso Toshishiro Obata his son Yuki, and then my, uh, my uh, sensei, uh, Matthew Lynch. So I sort of do bladed weapons of all nations, and then I specialize in flexible weapons, particularly the bullwhip. Um, I created my own system. Uh, most people yank and slash. I roll and stab. If you come to my website, which is delongis.com, you can see me cut the wick out from under a candle flame, and you can see me take a target out of my partner's hands that we pass on horseback at full gallop. I'm that accurate. Hey, you! No, you don't. Well, um, I um, got an audition at the time um, with a fellow named Jalal Merhi, who I had not met before, and came in to read, and had, I think it was a pretty good reading. But I kind of, um, we met in the parking lot, and I said to him, I can work in Canada. I grew up there, you know, I belong to ACTRA and UBCP. Um, and I come in with uh, a lot of skills in addition to my skills as an actor. I also have a lot of martial arts skills and I can see this as an action martial arts picture. So I would uh, love the chance to work with you and that's how it worked out and that's how I met Jalal. <laughs> Part of Damien is a lot of fun. He's essentially the right-hand man to, you know, our villain. Villain is, uh, I, I prefer antagonist, because if the hero doesn't have, you know, a strong antagonist, he's not much of a hero. He has to, you know, you, you have to believe that there, you know, it could go either way, that you know, they could lose. I had opportunities throughout um, because, you know, we would have a scene, uh, you know, there's the first assassination that opens the picture, and then there's, you know, a, uh, an interrogation of a lawyer and this and that, where I had a chance to, um, because of things I could do, uh, we did more than what was on the page. And that was very nice because uh, Zale welcomed that and Jalal welcomed that, and of course it's one of the reasons he hired me was I could give him more than you know the surface. I could give him a performance as an actor, but also bring in action, you know, to add another layer of credibility. I'm sorry, I've got the wrong office. Where are you holding, Goldberger? Yes, yes. From here on, it gets bloody <laughs> and painful. <laughs> Where's Goldberg? I got to do most of my own action, uh, obviously with the, the approval of Zale and you know Jalal. 
Um, and one of the things, one of my skills at the time, I was creating my whip system. You know, I created, um, it came to the fore when I did Batman Returns and I trained Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I later went on to, you know, train in a Harrison Ford for his return as Indiana Jones and the Whip Fighters in the Rundown and Ellen Barkin and Angelica Houston, a long list of people. Uh, I've been honing this system for, you know, 35 years now. But it was early in there and I said, um, I, I have a whip with me. Can I show you what I can do? Can we work this in? So in the first thing, um, you know, I showed the actor, I will keep you safe. I'm very accurate with this. And so on our first assassination, I wrap the guy around the neck and yank him into the pool and catch his drink and then drink the drink, which uh, we did practically. It was all pretty cool. Um, and then later on uh, in that sequence, you know, we're taking out the guards and a fella came to me. <laughs> I had forgotten this. This was kind of fun. He was behind me and he had a gun on me. So I did a shoulder roll and cracked the whip as I rolled to disarm him and then came up and did things at medium to close range, you know, to, and then used uh, actually the handle of the whip almost like a nunchuck, you know, to take him out. So it was those kind of things that uh, they gave me the freedom to show them something and, um, and of course I've always tried to be appropriate. To me there's uh, verbal dialogue and then there's physical dialogue and when you can combine the two together it's very powerful storytelling tool. Yeah. Excellent work, Damien. Uh, I met Billy. We were um, uh, we were sort of at the studio. Uh, where, you know where you know Jalal. Um, I think it was where he had his offices. But there was a little rehearsal space downstairs. It was. It was almost like a, a small little theater. And, um, you know, I, I first met Billy. Uh, I knew a little bit about him and um, his skills are, he, Billy is very sharp and very clean, you know, and very, very impressive. And I just uh, said, mm, you know, uh, he kind of invited me to, you know, work the mitts with him a little bit and said, so I could show him what I could do. So that he would have an idea because some of the choreography was his idea, some of it was Jalal's idea, some of it was my idea. Um, you know, so we would have, we would have something uh, at the level that we wanted to perform at, you know, and so that was, that was a whole lot of fun. And to make it work best, you have to be able to trust somebody because to do a good reaction, you have to sit there and wait for it to come so that, you know, if you go early, it doesn't work. If you go late, it doesn't work. If you get hit, it doesn't work. You know, so it's that awareness of distance and timing and then having confidence in your partner. And it's hard to find a better partner than Billy. Show us your best move, hotshot. Golly, a favorite memory from set was just being part of the process. It was, um, it was a really lovely team uh, from top to bottom, you know, from, uh, you know, Jalal producing and, uh, you know, that said, and then I was seeing him pretty much every day. And then Zale, you know, directing and, you know, and Zale was, Zale was kind of like a kid in a candy store. He was just having a great time. Okay, what are we doing today? Okay, what are we, you know, and so uh, his enthusiasm was infectious. You know, and Billy, you know, is, um, even if I wasn't working with Billy, I would often come to set and watch just because he's worth watching. 
And um, so it was, it was the collaboration of the team that I enjoyed. Well, when I saw it, I, th um, I thought Expect No Mercy, you know, made a nice twist on an action film. Uh, it kind of combined the best of elements of Enter the Dragon with, you know, the games that were very, very popular at the time. You know, Mortal Kombat, you know, you'd go in and with your quarters and stuff. I never did that because I'd rather, I don't, I don't think life is a, a spectator sport. I'd rather be doing things than... You know, um, so, but I thought it, it took those two elements and combined them into a very satisfying story. You surprised me. I didn't think you were this good. You surprised me. I didn't know you could think. And I thought it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I think I uh, especially always liked the title. Because, um, you know, when I would tell people, oh, I just finished this movie, you know, up in Canada. I was working with Billy Blanks and Joel Almarie. And, uh, and it's called Expect No Mercy, which I thought was um, the perfect metaphor for a career in show business. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to getting to see the movie again in, um, well, you know, in high quality. Because uh, I think there are elements of it that are really pretty terrific. Um, it's just, you know, trying to watch it on YouTube and horrible things with ads and stuff. That's not how a movie should be watched. So I think it's really terrific that they're re-releasing this, you know, in a high quality format so people can enjoy it. Hello movie fans and uh, Kung Fu movie fans. My name is Zill Dallin. I was the director of the movie Kung, uh, Expecto Mercy. Well, I got interested in films while I was at Simon Fraser, Fraser University. Um, I wanted to be, I thought I wanted to be a writer and I thought the only market for writing, fictional writing these days was film and television. So I joined the film workshop to learn about writing for film and uh, slowly got more interested in doing technical work and uh, then started to look for jobs in, in filmmaking. Uh, I started off as a, an assistant editor and actually my first job was as a scriptwriter. And uh, then I couldn't get work in Vancouver so I hitchhiked to uh, Toronto and got hired by the CBC as an office junior. Now the office junior puts the film into uh, a box and sends it out to the stations. Uh, after three months, I got a promotion to film assistant too. 
So I got to run the fingers, the film through my fingers to feel for broken sprocket holes and put it into a box so that the office junior could send it out to stations. And it seemed like uh, kind of a long um, climb to get anywhere in, in the production. And I was on the wrong, on the wrong end at CBC. I wanted to be in, on set and making movies, and I was on the distribution side of CBC, and it's very hard to switch sides. So um, I got a call from Richard Leiterman, who was one of Canada's top cameramen, saying they needed an assistant editor to work with Arlo Sari in Toronto. So I jumped ship on CBC after, I think, about six months and uh, went to work as an assistant editor. And that's where I got my first sound experience. So while I worked in Toronto, I saved up enough money to buy a, a Niagara 4 and a Sennheiser 804 microphone. And when I returned to BC, um, I set myself up as a sound man. So I did sound on several of the low-budget Canadian features, and then, to make a long story short, finally got a film of my own off the ground. But being a feature filmmaker is uh, making your own script, trying to make your own scripts is uh, a very difficult way to make a living because there's uh, years of development before you get any money coming back. So I went into directing television and uh, ended up directing. Uh, quite a few uh, shows in Toronto, uh, especially things like Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, and um, a lot of uh, television work in in, uh, in BC too. And then uh, my agent in Toronto um, had been promoting me to Jalal Marie, who was the producer of Expect No Mercy, and uh, I talked to him, and we really hit it off. Uh, he's a great guy, and I really liked working with him. And so uh, I went to work working with uh, Stephen Monder, Monder, I think, uh, the scriptwriter, to polish up the script. And after a couple of months of pre-production, uh, we started shooting. Nothing personal. Well, Jalel is a, a very, very interesting guy. Uh, he made his first money in the diamond business, and uh, he. Uh, you know, he's a really interesting personality. He speaks Persian or Iranian or Syrian. or one of those Middle Eastern languages. And he's also a, a, a trophy-winning uh, kung fu uh, martial artist with an interest in martial arts and had been to an American film market several times with other pictures of his. So he knew what kind of pictures he could sell and who he would sell them to. A very, very interesting man to talk to about movie making and, uh, and martial arts. He is running an assassination business. There is enough evidence here to put him away for 10 lifetimes. What? This whole school is a front. Now we've got the evidence, all we have to do is stroll out of here. Oh, shoot. What's wrong? <laughs> you didn't. Damn it, Vicky, I told you, trust me. Well, I like doing uh, martial arts pictures. Uh, the, uh, just the sheer, the sheer technical uh, detail of, of getting the shots is quite a challenge, and uh, I really felt I could bring something to it. Uh, his his um, pictures work a lot with martial artists who are not actors, and uh, I like working with actors, and I like uh, telling stories. So I thought, you know, a combination of uh, being able to work on the script and work with actors, uh, I could give something to the picture. Bang, step to the side. Take him down, take the gun out. Bang, bang, he's dead. Now let's see you try it with bullets in the gun. Incoming! Get down! I tried to uh, add details that would make the, uh, the scenes more interesting and uh, give the characters more, more shape and color. Um, I remember uh, one of the first scenes I worked on, you'll see in the movie, 
was where uh, the the man, <laughs> the first man that's killed, is uh, coming out the door and talks to his bodyguard, and the bodyguard says, "How are you today, sir?" And and he says to him, uh, "Well, you tell me," which. Uh, really sort of set the mood of uh, here's a guy that knows somebody's out to kill him and uh, put a little tension into the scene. Uh, Steve Maunder, when he, when he read my rewrite of that scene, uh, remarked to uh, Jalal that he felt like he'd been turbocharged and uh, that was really quite a compliment. So I was, I was enjoying doing that kind of thing, adding uh, texture and, and things into the scenes. I also really wanted to accentuate the kind of tongue-in-cheek quality of the picture. You know, it's, it's, uh, you'll see that the, the bad guys are evil in a very comic book, uh, cartoonish kind of way. And I thought that was a good direction to take the picture, so that's where we went. Good afternoon, boss. You okay, sir? You tell me. Well, it was ambitious. We were on a very, very tight shooting schedule, and we had very, very long days. And uh, there was always a fight, you know, anybody walking around a corner would uh, run into a fight they had to have. Uh, sometimes that didn't make a lot of sense, but sometimes, uh, you know, you don't have to in that kind of movie. It was just generally a challenge to make sure that we got all the shots and got all the angles that would let it go together. Uh, the cameraman, Curtis Peterson, is uh, quite famous for uh, using multiple cameras. Now, most cameramen hate multiple cameras because they like to light for each individual shot. But Curtis loved throwing in cameras all over the place, and that really uh, made it a lot easier to, uh, to edit the picture, I think. You know, you'd get, he would pick up details in different angles that, uh, that let you really add a lot of production value without taking up any time on the shoot. <laughs> tried to add uh, in details that would be uh, interesting or amusing. For example, the, one of the actors had an iguana that was a pet, and I said, oh, that's got to go in the movie, you know, because uh, that adds the kind of little bit of color that uh, it also adds the kind of tongue-in-cheek quality to the, the assassin who hangs his iguana on a tree when he's about to go into action. Um, we added a lot of uh, kind of Again, tongue-in-cheek things, like when the, uh, the whip master kills the first victim uh, who had been holding a glass of wine. The glass of wine flies into the air and he catches it on the way down. Um, you know, little things like that that added uh, uh, little touches of, uh, of fun to the picture. Yeah. Excellent work, Damien. Well, uh, as I told you, uh, Jalel uh, was a martial artist with a lot of trophies. Billy Blanks was, I didn't know it really at the time, but was actually very famous, especially in Africa. Uh, he was very, very well known. He was a martial arts world champion and an amazing athlete. And he was there with his brother, Michael Blanks, um, who was also uh, a pro athlete. I think he was just about to go into a, a pro football team or a pro basketball team. Um, but they were both incredibly talented athletes, um, maybe not quite so talented as actors, but uh, very cooperative and very willing to take, uh, take notes from the director. So it was just a pleasure to work with all of them. Laurie Halden was a beautiful woman and uh, had a real uh, 
attitude towards she, how she wanted her character to behave. She did not want to be just uh, what we call the Yankee, you know, which is somebody who's yanked through the set by the hero. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just a great bunch of people to work with. Wolf Larson, well, aside from being a very, uh, very good-looking man, is also a good actor, and it was a demanding role for him. I mean, and he threw his heart into becoming the malevolent, megalomaniac uh, narcissist that uh, the picture called for. Also, Brett Halsey was was in there, who's a, a very, very... He played Bromfield. He's a very, very experienced actor. He goes back to the old days of uh, Ma and Pa Kettle on, on uh, those movies on television. He also had quite a career in uh, Italy as a as a kind of a uh, spaghetti western star. So uh, Brett Halsey became quite a good friend of mine, and uh, he was a, another client of my of my agents. And uh, I really enjoyed working with him. He's another one of those people that uh, knew how to make it look like he, there was something going on behind his eyes. You know, uh, you'd see his face, and you knew he was thinking something. And he added quite a bit. Uh, a combination of uh, didn't like seeing people get killed and was very eager to, with a lot of bloodlust for the man he wanted killed. Uh, you'll notice that in the scenes that, that play with him between him and uh, Wolf Larson. Abort mission now. Return to base immediately. He's getting away. You can't stop now. It's over. We'll get him later. And you'll get your money later. I had a couple of months of pre-production for the film and uh, it was an enjoyable time. Uh, Steve Monder and I worked uh, worked very well together and uh, worked on the script. And I was also spending quite a bit of time scouting the locations and planning shots and trying to figure out how we were going to cover things. Um, I didn't have a lot to do with the uh, the coverage of the martial arts scenes because I would basically step aside. It, it felt like having a co-director there. Uh, Jean-Marie uh, knew what he wanted out of the martial arts scenes and he knew how to choreograph them. And I was quite surprised at how quickly they would put together a, a choreographed fight. But my, uh, my choreography and my camera uh, choices really came into play for scenes like the uh, attack on the, uh, on the safe host with the FBI agents in it. And that was, uh, you know, very satisfying work to do. The biggest obstacle was just getting the shots done, getting the, getting the shots in the can, getting all that action into the movie in the time available and not, uh, not uh, micromanaging anything, not micromanaging the actors. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of shots in the picture and uh, some of them uh, didn't work out quite the way I wanted. Uh, a huge disappointment for me was the huge expo explosion scene in the finals, uh, the end of the picture. Um, which uh, we'd been setting up the, the, uh, the special effects all night and uh, morning was coming and I had said uh, right on scouting the location when we first got there with the crew I said okay put a mark here the camera goes here and uh, by the time we were ready to shoot uh, the sun was coming up and we needed darkness in the sky for that shot so um, I went back to where the camera was supposed to be and the entire circus, the, uh, all of the different trucks and the crew vehicles and everything were all between the camera and uh, where the actors were going to be. And I had placed the camera back 
so that I could use a long lens and compress the action and make, make it look like the flames and explosions were very close and very threatening to the actors. And uh, having the, the camera move forward, which I ended up having to do, um, was uh, a real disappointment and gave me a much shorter run. In fact, when I first told Jalal where he was going to run, uh, he said, no, forget it, I'm not going to be that close to the explosions. And I had to move the actors forward and I'd moved the camera forward and I'm now shooting on a wide lens that, that uh, doesn't uh, compact the action. So it was very disappointing. It wasn't the shot that I wanted. And I was all I could do was hope that the editor could make something of it, and uh, he managed to do it. Well, of, of course, I'm delighted to, to have the film being re-released on Blu-ray. I guess it's on Blu-ray. It's coming out now. Um, I never expected it. I... Uh, I thought the film had gone out and got to the market that it was designed for, to whatever extent it would do that, and then uh, had basically become just one, another old film. I, I just hope you'll enjoy the film, and I hope you'll see it for what it is. I, I've read reviews uh, on uh, the Internet Movie Database calling it the worst movie ever made, and if somebody's expecting a different kind of movie from what it is, I can see them saying that. But it's a movie that fits in its genre. It's uh, what I would call a cartoon, a real uh, live-action cartoon. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch. It's enjoyable. Get some popcorn, uh, sit back with the video, and, uh, and don't be too fast to turn it off.